Self Mastery Radio. Master your mind. Master your emotions. Master yourself. Hosted by Robbie Cornelius. Tammy, how are you? Doing good, good. Welcome to Self Mastery Radio. How's life today? Life is awesome, dude. I got my makeup on, hair did, you know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that background over there. I, look, I'm in the process. I've got 15 days before I move, and behind this background is a hot mess. So that's why we got the background. <laughs> right I, I definitely understand that moving is a is a really big task, a really big one. Right. And I'm moving all the way across the country. So. Wow. So what's that? Have you ever done that before? Oh yeah. I moved from Atlanta to San Diego and now I'm moving from San Diego to Orlando. So yeah. Wow. So for everybody that don't know who you are, could you give us a, a bullet point on who you are, uh, what you're about and uh, where you're headed? <laughs> all right. Um, well, my name's Tammy Loftus. I am the Life Awakening Coach is like my official title. Uh, I became a life coach about five, well, me becoming a, officially like getting certified so people feel good with that little piece of paper, you know what I mean, um, was about three or four years ago now. And, yep. um, but I, I became a personal trainer back in 2012 and over the course of personal training people for the last almost nine years now, I, uh, I realized I was doing way more life coaching than I ever was personal training. And so I just kind of evolved into that. Um, but I have a really huge backstory. I'm a, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse from both my mother and my biological father, teenage rape from my stepdad at 13. I uh, got married at 18, kid at 19, kid at 20, divorced twice by the time I was 32 lost everything I owned four times over the next eight years, hit a really dark depression. I was a 42 year old stripper trying not to be homeless, uh, couch surfing on my friends' couches. So I would not be on the streets homeless, although I That's right. owned nothing of mine myself. Um, and uh, I had a stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills in 09, like so close to not being here right now to the fact where I had a bottle of sleeping pills on the nightstand and a bottle of water in my hand when uh, God had somebody call me and say, uh, yo, <laughs> you need to wake up. Wow. Wow. So, so you, so you have, uh, you, you, you actually are somebody, you're not just a life coach. This is out here. Oh, you read a book and you're regurgitating. You're somebody that has gone through it and you are coming from personal experience with, with your story, helping yeah. other people go, go beyond where they currently are. Absolutely. And, and the, the crazy part is like, that phone call snapped me out of it. And, you know, cause like in that moment, I did not want to breathe anymore. Like mm. I was, I was done. Like all the voices in my head and they were my own voices. It wasn't anything that anybody told me to make mm. me believe. It was just my current circumstances, which I created on my own. I had to quit doing the blame game. You know what I mean? Blaming everybody else for where I was at. I, nobody forced me to do anything. I made my decisions. I took me down my, down that path. I screwed up my life in those moments. And so my kids weren't talking to me. And if, I, if my kids weren't talking to me and I couldn't see my grandkids to me, there was no point in living. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, you're, like you think there's no love on the face of the planet like what you have for your children. And then your children give you grandchildren. 
it's different. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's different. Like my kids are great. I love them, but I would kill them for my grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot from grandparents about, you know, the bond they have with their grandkids. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I, I just thoroughly believe there was no point in living. And the only time I did not hear those voices in my head telling me how terrible I was, telling me that, you know, I was a terrible parent, that I was um, going to die alone, that I was not going to uh, ever be in a relationship. Nobody was ever going to love me. Like those were just some of the, the crazy things that was in my head. And it was actually the, the, the most recent relationship fail that I had. He's the one that called me mm. and talked me out of doing something he had no idea was about to happen. Like if you talk to any of my friends and even talk to my kids, they had no idea how dark my depression was. That's wow. how well I had it hid. You had it hid, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want to be my hurt on anybody else. I didn't want anybody to feel what I was feeling. You know wow. what I mean? And he was like, I don't, so the, the exact words that he said to me, and this is in my book, um, he, he was like, I don't know what the F is wrong with you, but you need to get your head out of your ass. Like, mm. you're not the woman I fell in love with. And all I heard was, I love you. Mm. And that debunked everything in my head. Wow. All the voices in my head were telling me I was not lovable. I was never going to be lovable. Nobody was ever going to love me. I was going to die alone. All of this stuff. And that, that one simple phrase that I flipped in my head, he didn't say, I love you. He said, you're not the person I fell in love with. Now, does that mean he loves me? Absolutely. He'll tell you today he loves me. That's right. But, but that's, I needed to hear somebody say, I love you. Yeah. And, and I, I, I have no conception of time of that actual phone call. Like, I don't know if we were on the phone 15 minutes or if we were on the phone for an hour, like time just kind of stood still in that moment. And, um, you know, we argued and then we laughed and he made me cry. And I'm like, well, you made me cry. Are you happy now? No. And another thing, da, 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 da. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what like friends do. And, uh, so by the time we got off the phone, he's like, yo, dude, like, are, are you good? Like for real? Like, I know something's wrong, you know, regardless of if we're together, who you got in your life, who I got in my life, I'm always going to be your friend. Like, I'm always going to be here for you. Like you can call me, you can talk to me. If you call me, I'm coming. You know what I mean? And, and I really needed to hear that in that moment. And so by the time we got off the phone, I, I just, I was like, you know what? I was, I was like, you already fixed it. You know, I'm good. I appreciate you. Wow. And, and I hung up the phone and I just sat there for a second and like, there was silence in my head. Mm. And I don't know when the last time was I heard silence in my head when I was awake and I got up and I grabbed the bottle of sleeping pills and I walked to the other side of the house. And again, this is all just, it was like time was standing still. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience. And wow. I go and I, I, I dump, I just watched the, the sleeping pills dump in the toilet. And, and like tears just start rolling down my eyes. And then I flush the toilet and I don't know how long I stood there just crying. And wow. then it was, it was just, like I said, it was just a light switch. Not, that wasn't the end of my depression by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. Um, I would say it took me, that was, um, December 22nd of 2009 was that day. Mm. I got in the gym the first week in January, weighing in at a 
chunky 186 pounds and 38 percent body fat i'm only five foot four dude i look like a oompa loompa it's not cute. <laughs> uh, i started working out i'd always been an athlete and uh so i i lost i went from 186 pounds down to 139 pounds in three months Wow. And dropped down to 22% body fat. And I trained two of my friends between the three of us. We lost almost 150 pounds together. And so that's what led me to being a personal trainer. Uh, it took me two years to pass my test. I was still dancing at the time, still doing a lot of drugs, still doing a lot of alcohol, all that kind of stuff. But it was a means to an end. It's like I, I put an expiration date on it. And it's like, I'm doing this to keep food on the table, keep a roof over my head. And when I, and I, I in my mind, I had to do the drugs and the alcohol to be numb because I hated what I was doing and I hated the person I had to become to do that job. Mm. And the day that I passed that test was no more drugs, no more alcohol, no more money. I'm out. I never looked back. And that was it. Complete wow. change my life. Dove into personal development and completely just transformed my life. Did a 180. So, so what's some of the, did, did you have, did you have moments on your journey where even after you made the decision to, to improve the quality of your life experience, did you have moments where you, where you started to talk yourself out of it sometimes? Oh, I would have arguments with myself all the time. Like the, the voices <laughs> in your head are loud. Yeah, so, they are. So here, here's the thing, like we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts that run through our head every day on average every single one of us, 95% of those thoughts are repetitive. If you have not made the shift from negative to positive, on average, 75% of those thoughts are negative. That's so right. just to, just to make, make math easy, if you have 60,000 thoughts and 75% of them are negative, that's 45,000 angry ass thoughts running through your head. What kind of results you think you can create with that? Absolutely. So you have to be really aware of the thoughts in your head. Like you got, like, what are you thinking about? Like, do you, you got to think about what you think about. Yeah. That's a big thing, right? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's a huge thing. Like, and, and people don't realize that they are, they are taking in input all the time. All the time. I, like your subconscious never sleeps. So the people that go to sleep with their TV on, cut that out. Yeah. Cut it out. Exactly. Like, because the news and the and the commercials and big pharma, they're programming you. Absolutely. And what what what's the shows that are playing at night on repetition? Are those show or not not shows but infomercials about you know fibromyalgia and all of these other diseases and and mesothelioma and just all of these things flying into your subconscious mm -hmm. while you're sleeping mm -hmm. and. You know, I, when I started realizing that, I'm like, man, I got to sleep with it. Either sleep with the television off or what I do now is I'll sleep with, uh, you know, uh, binaural beats on or some type mm -hmm. of uh, affirmations, you know, because I want to program that subconscious. Yep. So what type of books were you reading at the time when you started learning about, you know, the subconscious and things of that nature? Um, let's see. My first books into personal development, uh, I called my son because he was already doing personal development. I had rekindled my relationship with my kids, which was awesome, you know, great healing and stuff through that. But so I was like, okay, I don't want to go backwards. Like I still yeah. feel the shadows and the darkness around me. I don't want to go backwards. Give me some books to read. And, you know, if you think about this, you know how scary it is to, to have to, to know that you have to teach you how to be a better person? Yeah, it's really scary. <laughs> 
and knowing what you just came out of. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dude, like it was nuts. But um, the first book I read was by Andy Andrews. Uh, where's it at? In fact, I got it right here. This book is always within arm's reach me. It's um, The Traveler's Gift and Mastering the Seven Decisions. I don't know if you can see that with this damn green screen. Anyway, uh, Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift and Mastering the Seven Decisions. It's a, it's a, it's a dual book. So The Traveler's Gift is a, it's a fiction part of the story that tells you about the seven decisions. The mm. seven decisions are seven principles that apply to your life, whether you know it or not. So wouldn't you rather know what those seven principles are, learn how to harness them and create the life it is that you want versus just flying around life by the seat of your pants. Gotcha. So, um, and the, the traveler's gift is written really, really well. It just kind of draws you in. I read that in like a weekend. And then like when I did the set with the seven decisions, it's like a workbook. And um, I'm just gonna be honest, man. Like first time I went through that, I just half-assed did it and I changed my life dramatically. You just know? by half doing it. Just right, like not take not taking full responsibility. Like when he said, "Oh, you got to take responsibility for where you are," I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know <laughs> that that's something powerful. Uh, a lot of people think they have to go through this radical transformation to improve, but sometimes, like you said, it's just you can you can make small improvements and make big changes in your life. Small improvements consistently. Yes, like yeah, yes. and consciously. Yes, yes. Yeah, like absolutely. you, you might can do them accidentally. You can do something accidentally, and but you've got to be aware that the change is made. Like, oh, I, I, I did that, and this thing happened. Well, I wonder if I did this, what would happen from that? You know, just being curious about if you made that change, what would things? And people quit dreaming. You know what I mean? That's a big thing. Like as adults, I, especially. As adults, but the school, the school is the one that takes us out of dreaming. Think yeah. about this. Like when you're in elementary school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, what do they, what do they ask you? What do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. You hit middle school. Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? You got to be realistic now. Yeah, exactly. They're telling they're you, yep, at, you got to be realistic. They're, they're looking at your grades and they're putting a label on your forehead saying, oh, well, based on your grades, this is what, these are the areas that you should do. Get yeah, out of here. They exactly. ain't never asked them kids, not one time, what do you love to do? What do you <laughs> love? What are you, they're not giving them an aptitude test of what they're good at. Like, are they great at drawing? Are they an artist? Are they great at singing? Do they love to dance? Do they love horses? Do they love animals? They ain't asking them none of those things. Who wants to go? None. Dude, I get on a rant. <sighs> no go keep going because we need to hear it a lot of people don't want so so school is kind of like church it's, it's been kind of taboo to criticize it but it needs to be it, it needs to be critiqued <laughs> like school does not set people up for the the pathway yeah. to success no they don't they, they set them up they set them up to be worker bees exactly they set them up to be sheep basically that's like it. Do, it, do what you're told, work really hard, and, and maybe you can climb up the ladder and you can work till you're 65 or 70, and then you can retire, and then you got like maybe 10, 15, 20 years that you can live a happy life. Get out of That's here right. with all of that. That's no, right. they don't teach them nothing about finance. They teach them nothing about how to attain wealth. 
They teach you how to go to work. You can never attain wealth by being a worker bee. I am so sorry. You are working for somebody else and growing their wealth. <laughs> That's okay? it. They yep. don't teach you nothing about uh, multiple streams of income whatsoever. Nope. Nothing. They teach you how to balance a checkbook. Who balance? <laughs> do you balance your checkbook? No. I I look on my account. Oh, I, okay. I got this, 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 and then coming out. We're good. Exactly. Like we have online banking now. Right. Like do do how many Balancing of them even even introduce children to trading? Not none. And you can do you can do fake training to learn how to do it where you are not spending any of your money. How, exactly. Like how beneficial would that be to a high schooler to learn how to trade without losing any money and learn the ins and outs of it? Like That's how right. different would their life be? I, you know, I think society is set up in such a way that not not that is necessarily set up for you to just fail, but the way society is set up right now, it needs a certain amount of people to be at the bottom and a certain amount of people to be at the top. That's the mindset that they have. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you just give people the tools and expose them to the resources, uh, it's going to make the level go up anyway. You know, the, right. the top now can be the new bottom if we continue to share information and really give these kids something that they're going to use. Like my wife will tell you now that I'm not the school dad. Like I'm more of the, I'm more of the mindset dad, the let's live your life. Let's live your dream dad. Like what are your goals? Like I rarely focus on, uh, grades with my kids. Well, my wife does a great job with it, um, right. but I'm trying to set them up for what I know. Like, I didn't finish school and not to compare, but I'm doing way better than most people that did finish. Say that again for the folks in the back. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I hear people all the time talk about, well, maybe I need to go back to school. And I'm like, well, you've been back to school twice already. So if you're not where you want to be with two degrees, what makes you think you're going to be where you want to be with three? You're right. just going to be further in debt in most of the cases. And so what I'm trying to show people to do, look, you have this beautiful world right here that nobody can stop you from creating anything called the internet. Right. Figure out what you want to do on the internet, create multiple sources of income. So no matter what you're doing, you got money coming in. Right. If you got money coming in constantly, you're free. And the moment when we realize that, like, they try to teach us that money isn't everything, right? But that's the church. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not. Don't get me wrong. But the, if you have enough money coming in, you can pretty much do what you want to do with your time. And I saw. I try to teach people how to do three hundred dollars a day. If you can do three hundred a day, every day you don't have to answer to nobody. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know, so it's so many taboo subjects that we're told not to criticize. Right. And I'm like, no, we need to criticize these things. Oh yeah. Like, so the, and, and, you know, and don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am a firm believer that we have a higher power God source. For sure. Just all like, I, I do believe in that. You know, there's going to be people that believe in that and people that don't. I got friends that are atheists. I got friends that, you know, are just super spiritual and, and whatever. Like, wherever you're at, as long as you believe in something, I'm happy for you, boo. That's right. Um, you want to believe in something else? Let me teach you. Um, but it's, 
the church has always said money is evil. Yep. The love of money is evil. So people take that out of context. And so the, I think what it said, the actual wording in the Bible is the love of money is evil. People yep. take that out of context and say money is evil. Money exactly. is not evil. Okay? Exactly. Money amplifies who you are. Exactly. If you are evil, when you get money, you're going to be a pretty shitty human being. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. But yep. if you if you have a good heart and a good soul and you love to help people, then all money is going to do is amplify that. That's right. That's okay? exactly right. So if, if God or Jesus said money was evil, how is it that the good Samaritan come along, pick the naked guy up off the side of the road, put him up so that he could get well, gave him some clothes, gave him some food. He couldn't have done that without money. That's right. I operated like that for a long time too. Yeah. Wait, I thought money it, was, I, I thought it was evil and I thought it was hard to come by. Yeah. It's it, in, because that's what we're taught. They do, they yeah. do that to suppress you. Um, the, the, if you believe that money's not evil, then people have this, this conscious shortageness. Yeah. Or shortage, shortageness consciousness. Say that five times fast. Um, if you believe that there's not enough, you're going to create a life around you of lack. Yep. Where you're being shown continuously that there is not enough. Like your subconscious does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. It knows what you tell it and everything that you tell it is a truth. So if you say, you know what, I've been fat my whole life and I'm never going to lose this weight. Guess what, boo? Everything that you try, <laughs> you're not going to lose any weight. You might lose five pounds, but you're going to gain 10. That's right. If you continuously say, I hate working out, you are going, you're going to be like, okay, every time you get close to a gym, you're going to get nauseous. Yep. Okay. Every time, every time I go in the gym, I get hurt. Guess what? Every time you go in the gym, you're going to pick up a weight. Your ass going to get hurt. Like you got to say, well, I can't eat in the morning. I don't, I, I don't eat. I, I'm just not hungry. Well, because you've trained yourself not to be hungry. That's right. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I know there's a lot of people that do intermittent fasting and I think you do intermittent fasting. Yep, I as do well. intermittent fasting. Yep. But that, that, that doesn't work for everybody. Everybody. That's right. You know what I mean? And people think, Oh, this person does it so I can do it. No, especially if you're <laughs> yeah. female because females our our hormones. We ain't in love with that. Our yeah. body's like, Oh, you ain't going to feed us. And it's, there's this thing called starvation mode. So think about your car. You're a guy. Guys, can, guys, well, everybody gets this car now. That's why I make it simple. So think about your car. You're in, you're in Georgia. If you were going to go down to Panama City, you had a quarter tank of gas, and you said, nope, we're going on a quarter tank of gas. How far are you going to get? Not, not too far. Okay. Now, your body is the car. Food is your gas. That's right. Okay. Now the difference between the car and your body is your body is much smarter than your car. It's like, right. okay, if you only going to give me 500 calories, I'm going to slow your metabolism down to a turtle mm. and I'm going to make your body run off that 500 calories. Wow. And so that means I'm going to store all 500 of those calories because I can make you, I can make all of your bodily organs function off that fat for a really long time. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. 
That's a smart, that's a real smart car. Mm-hmm. Yep, your, your body, so, th- so let's equate it to plateaus. When you're working out, you go in and you do the same workout every day. You got the yep. same routine every week. Let's say Monday you do back and buys, uh, Tuesday you do cardio, Wednesday you do chest and, um, chest and tries, Thursday you do legs, Friday you do more cardio, and you never change that routine. You get really great results for the first 90, maybe even 120 days, and then all of a sudden you start getting fluffy again. You're starting mm. to get, you know, some little love handles and you're not losing weight. The scale's not moving. And, you know, it's it just like, I don't understand. I've been doing this all the time. Well, your body's adapted. I know he's going to go in and do exactly this. I know that he's going to do these many reps. I know he's going to use this amount of weight. I know he's going to exert exactly this amount of calories. Mm. So I'm going to adapt his body to that. Wow. So it's important to switch the routine up. As a trainer, none of, I, if you talk to any of my clients over the last nine years, they will tell you we have never done the same routine twice. I like that. We have never done the same routine twice. Now, we have a lot of the same exercises, but they're in a different routine. Sometimes it's Tabata. Sometimes I'm slowing you down and you're doing, a, you're doing squeezing. Sometimes you're holding. Sometimes we're doing um, uh, cardio and abs. Like, I'm going to put you on the spin bike and we're going to do a sprint. And then you got to do a one-minute uh, one plank or a one-minute uh, one of hollow rocks or a one-minute hollow hold. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, you're never doing the same thing twice. So that your is body phenomenal. Can, your body can never get adapted. Wow. I, I've been doing this thing for years now. Um, instead of going in and like doing just, you know, just counting the repetitions, I've been doing what I call moving affirmations uh, for like two or three years mm-hmm. w- where when I'm working out, when I'm lifting, instead of focusing, I'm actually doing affirmations in my head and I'm visualizing at the same time. And what I've realized, what I've found is that it helps things come into my life a whole lot faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've multiplied my results in the last three years simply by, you know, of course, working for it, but also uh, using these uh, moving affirmation techniques with, with visualization as well. And uh, t- tell me, how does the body and the mind uh, correlate with each other? To oh my god, it's ridiculous. Okay, so I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give you another analogy. So, all right, so I do energy healing as well. Okay. I, I, I use this, I, I help, I release like trapped emotions on people. Um, I also have a system, uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson developed it, it's called the body code. And mm. so, uh, when I had heard about the body code, I had no idea, like the videos and stuff I watched and I was like, oh, this is going to be like so awesome. Like we have meridians in our body, Chinese medicine, you know, the meridians, yeah. um, the traps, the trapped emotions will typically get stored in there and it causes a lot of stuff in your body. The inflammation in your body is actually energy. Everything is energy. Okay. So you can trap, like, have you ever seen an overweight person that has this huge transformation? They lose like say 200 pounds. And then within two or three years, they're right back where they were or worse. Yep. I have. Okay. So the images in your mind, you have to release those. Most of the time when they start losing that weight, they start losing it fast because they have so much to lose. Yep. Yep. Okay. Then they get down and then they realize, oh, I'm getting all this attention because I'm losing all this weight. Well, their mind never caught up with their body. Mm. 
they never they never worked on the mental aspect of the losing weight and the transformation and this is who i'm going to be and now this is a lifestyle this is like oh i can do this and then when they did it and then they got down to the size that they wanted it's like okay now what they never had a plan so you can trap an image of of your mind of i always see me like this and women especially now i don't know how guys are i'm not a guy i can't think like a guy but women especially when we look in the mirror we will pick ourselves apart like every wow. little flaw that we see like somebody else could look at like so when i had 22 percent body fat i could tell you every piece of cellulite that i had on my body wow but the dude that i was dating he would cuss me out like if you do not stop it he was like do you realize that you are 49 years old and you look better than most 25 year olds he was like i don't know a girl that wouldn't kill to have your body wow he said, if I hear you talking bad about yourself again, we going to fight. Yeah, we do. We, t we tend to judge ourselves a lot, you know. We do. And, we're, we're the and, worst. And we don't see ourselves, whether it's good or bad, we don't see ourselves like other people see us. No, no. We, yeah. we, are, we are our own worst critic. And yep. so that, that's part of that mindset and that, that personal development thing that you really have to do. You know, when I'm working with my clients, I do a lot of mirror work. Like I make you get in the mirror and you got to look at yourself and you got to go like, I'm taking responsibility for me. You know Absolutely. What I mean? um, it's, it's huge. But that, that, that mental picture in your mind. So think of a, a, of a star athlete, like somebody in, in the Olympics, when they hit that podium and they ask him like, how does it feel to finally be here? Like, man, I've always visualized this moment. Mm. Not one of them got on that podium and said, Oh man, I didn't expect to be here. <laughs> not one not one think so about that <laughs> so 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 let's translate that to today because i know we all have an image of ourselves in our mind mm -hmm. we also all have an image in our minds about america mm -hmm. and as you look around right now you see so many different things going on so many you know whether it's good or bad you see so many things going on um, when you look around at America right now, what do you see? I see brokenness. Mm. I see a lot of brokenness, man. I, so this is, man, I, I, I'm going to tell all your listeners right now. I love you. <laughs> this yes. is going to be really hard to hear. Okay. <laughs> but this is coming from a place of love. I've never yes. met you. Imagine me giving you a big hug right now because <laughs> I am. <laughs> yep. So, and this is this isn't talking about any one party or any one group. This is yeah. everyone as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Okay. People's belief structures are getting challenged hard yeah okay so think about this and i and i'm just going to talk about mainstream media because that's where a lot of the fear-based stuff is coming from okay mainstream media is controlled by big pharma ergo i'm gonna roll it back we were talking about the stuff on the on the infomercials at night while we sleep that people are listening to that's right okay so if they're playing those infomercials at night they're paying the big bucks to play those infomercials all night long remember when we were kids the tv would go off at night you'd hear that buzzing sound and it'd be nothing so now yeah. they've opened that up where it's paying in 24 hours a day you're getting programmed 
Now, we grew up and we have been taught by our parents and our the people that we respect, our elders or whatever, um, our mentors, that the news is somebody we can trust. Yep. They are going to tell us the truth, okay? Not once has anybody thought they have a narrative. Their truth is based off what they want you to believe. And people okay? don't even know what a narrative means sometimes. When you no. say narrative, they be like, what is that? <laughs> right. A narrator of a book. You're guiding the story, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So drama sells. Yep. Drama sells. Pain sells. Blood sells. All, all of the negativity sells. Good vibes, they don't sell. You go, you go into, you walk up to somebody that's angry and upset and you try to tell them good news, they can't hear you. They can't even hear it, exactly. They cannot hear you. So exactly. It, I, I made a post on my, on my Facebook wall the other day and it was, it was just like very factual. It was like, this is what I believe. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I know that COVID is real. That's I know right. people are getting sick. I know yes. people that are dying from that. I'm not saying any of that is false whatsoever. The deaths that have happened are sad. And I'm That's sorry. Right. And, I, and I pray for all of those families, the people that have gotten sick. You know what? There are way more people that have recovered from COVID than have died from COVID, but you never hear that. You never hear about it. They never you do never a follow-up story on somebody that's no. recovered and thriving again. No. Okay. They want to find the worst of the worst case scenario. Right. And so like, and I'm going to repeat that again, because I need y'all to hear that. How, like when they tell you numbers, are they telling you how many people died, how many people are infected, but they're never telling you how many people recovered and they never talk about how many millions of people live in the United States. Say that one more time. They never tell you how many people have been tested. They never ever ever tell you ever 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 tell you how many people have recovered and not one time have you heard them say there's 300 as of we can ask alexa she will tell you there are 327 million people in the united states as of 2017. wow 327 million there's been 5,165,000 odd-ish people that have been infected. There's only been 165,000 deaths. When you do that math of the 327 million people that are in the United States, you have a 0.00005% chance of dying from this. It's crazy. So what, so not only that, then you have, then you have um, the, the instigation of racial tension going on in America, political tension going on in America. And it's all being narrated by the same mainstream media sources that people rely on to get the truth. And, 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 you know, we're so brainwashed to the point where for most people, if it's not being reported by mainstream media, it's not real. I had that exact same conversation on that same thread. I had a dude who has been one of my, my, my avid followers for like the last eight or 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, he was like, well, President Trump said, shoot yourself up with, with chlorine, not chlorine, with a uh, bleach. And I was like, yeah. no, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. And I was like, 
So what news source did you watch that on? Yeah, exactly. CNN? Did you go back and actually go to the website and pull up the actual press conference and listen to the words that came out of his mouth? Yeah. Because that is not what he said. So let's start there. And then we get on the whole vaccine thing, follow the money. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got to do. And follow the money. I gave him a link to a video by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a Democrat. I was like, it's obvious that you're a Democrat and you don't love Trump. I don't care who you love. As long That's as right. you believe in what it is that you're doing, cool. High five, dude. Like, but I, I don't want you to believe me. I don't See, want you I'm, to take nothing that I say is truth. I want you to go. I'm giving you the facts that I found, and I want you to go do your own damn homework. That's right. And, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, you know, a lot of people had a problem with me when I said that I like Trump. And I'm like, you know, I, I, like I teach people how to make money online, right? And in the middle of one of my sessions, you know, someone will ask, who are you voting for? And I say, well, it doesn't matter. This ain't got nothing to do with what I'm teaching right here. But if you want to know I'm voting for Trump, some people have a problem with that. And I mm-hmm. like I tell them. Look, I don't consider myself to be a Republican. I don't mm-hmm. consider myself to be a Democrat. I'm in the middle. I'm an independent who likes Trump. And if right. you can't, and if you can't accept that, don't listen to me. This is right. another. This is a. Uh, this this is my point of view. And if you want somebody that agrees with you on every single subject under the sun, go and find that person. You know. That goes back to the beliefs thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you've been told that the media is somebody that you can trust. And now when, when somebody starts giving you facts that you cannot yeah. deny. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to say that again. When somebody starts giving you facts, yep. actual hard facts, facts backed up by science, backed up by things that have been reported in the court. Like yep. here are court documents right here with yep. proof, lawsuits with proof. Here are the documentations. Now your belief structure just took a hit. It just took a hit and you can't like deal with it. Like a major hit. So now yep. you're like, it, it, and it's, and I don't, I really want to believe that it's not conscious. I don't think that they realize how they're, how it's coming out. They just, they want to fight for that belief so hard because if that belief is wrong, then they've made decisions off that belief. They've lost family members. They've lost friends. They've lost jobs. They've made decisions that have taken them down paths that they probably would rather not gone down if they had known how it was going to turn out based off of that belief. That's right. Okay. How many years have you been been believing the media that's been feeding you the BS that they have been feeding you, and now you realize if they lie to me about this, how much other stuff have they been lying to me about? Oh my god! And I built my whole life around this stuff. Right. I lost my best friend of 20 years because I believe this BS on the media. I screwed up a marriage. I screwed up. My kids aren't even talking to me. Like how, how deep does it go? How, how hard are you willing to dig into something that somebody has been lying to you about that you won't even open? You're not going to be open enough to hear. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I have nothing to gain whatsoever by telling you what I found. Exactly. Nothing. I'm not, not going to get paid for it. You know, no. 
No, I, I, I'm not in your life. I'm not, you're not paying me. I'm not, I'm not life coaching you. I, I'm not, I'm not guiding in your life in any way whatsoever. I'm even telling you, I don't want you to believe me. I want you to do your own homework. Do your own, well, you'll have people that even tell me like, they'll say that I'm pandering. I say, well, what benefit am I going to get out of pandering? Because if I pander, I'm automatically putting myself in opposition with people who disagree with me. If I, if I really cared about making everybody like me, I wouldn't have an opinion on anything. I'd just be, remain quiet right, and just nod my head to whatever anybody said. Right. But instead, I'm going to just, I got to live my truth because if I don't, it's going to eat me alive. Oh, yeah. And we just live in a time right now where people are afraid to challenge their deeply held beliefs. And honestly, the people who... I'll tell you who are going to win a lot of times. This is going to sound really weird. People who don't have an education are more likely to win mm -hmm. than people who do. And the reason why I say that is because if you have an education, sometimes you can have bad education. Right. And sometimes people get addicted to bad education. A person that doesn't have any education, all they got to do is learn the right thing. A person that would, a person that is educated but has bad education, they got to unlearn and then relearn. And then the unlearning process is a lot harder sometimes for them because they have right. to detach. They have to accept that what they currently know isn't right. Well, you're, yeah. That, so let's, let's, the, I'm going to hit the education system again. They teach you book smarts. They teach you like the basics, but they don't yep. teach you how to apply it. They don't teach you how to actually do the work. They, they give you the theories. In theory, this is how this should be. And so, and a lot of people, especially people that come from uh, families that are not financially stable as they're growing yeah. up, they're told, get an get a education, get an education, get an education. Because more times than not, their parents didn't have a lot of education. And so that's what's been ingrained in them forever is get an education, get an education, get an education yeah. so that you can be smarter than me so that you can do this. And, uh, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but especially in the minorities, they, if you, the more degrees you have, the more credible you are. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have a degree, well, you they didn't go to school. They, they think yeah, you're stupid. Exactly. You know, like I it, said, you know, that's a very valid point. I, I'll have people now who'll be like, you didn't finish school? I'm like, no, I didn't, but let's check our bank accounts and see who's winning. And not to say that bank account is the measuring stick for mm -hmm. who's successful, but not on, but, but if we're going to school, right, because we want to make more money and people right. that act like they're not going to school to make more money is lying. Right, <laughs> you know? 100%. You don't, they, you don't just go to school just to be like, you know, I want to go just to go. You're going so you can make more money, so you can get a better job, so you can improve yourself. And, but yes, in 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 the minority community, uh, having that piece of paper is highly, like, people who are absolutely broke will still think they're doing better than you, even if you have more money than them, but they have more degrees than you do. Mm -hmm. And it's just the weirdest thing. I'm like, you're losing. It's a status. It's 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 a it's a myth, it's a mindset and a mental status. They've been brainwashed yeah. to think that that's a thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? And 
And, and I'm not going to say that education is necessarily bad, bad but yeah, you know, exactly. not, uh, like, and, and, and knowledge is not power. Applied no. knowledge is power. That's right. That's so, right. and I, and, and you, it, you can't argue with me on that because I'm somebody that is self-taught. That's right. Like with my depression, I never went to a therapist. Not one time. I didn't give them a dime of my money. I was never on antidepressants. I taught me how to be a better me. I taught my, I coached myself out of my depression. I coached myself out of a shitty life. I coached me into being a personal trainer. I became the best personal trainer that like, I've got a phenomenal history as a personal trainer, sports nutrition specialist. I was a Spartan coach for two years. I'd ran eight. I've been in 13 races in two years, eight of them in one year and got a double trifecta. You can't talk to me about, uh, Oh, education. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, you can't talk to me about that. It just feeds the system, you know. Um, Now, the people people that are going to school to be doctors, lawyers, you know, somebody that wants to go get specialized knowledge that you have to have a license for and things of that nature, kudos, you know. But what we're getting at here is pushing the narrative that if you go to school, if you go to college, you're going to be more successful is false. Mm-mm. And what no. are we talking about when we're talking about success? Are we talking about being in debt with a mortgage and car payments? Like, that's not success in my opinion. Well, most people can't even define what success would be in their life. So let's exactly. start there. Most that's people, right. They, they don't even know. So they go to school and they graduate and you ask them what they're going to do when they get out of school. The first words out of their mouth is, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. find a, I'm going to find a job. Yeah. Since when is a job made you wealthy? When when's That's a right. job made you free? When a job, a job should be something you're doing to learn a skill because you learn in the field, right? Right. You you like like I, I one of the jobs that taught me more than ever is uh is retail. I I kind of hated re- retail, but it taught me how to be a people person. It taught me how to greet people from all races. When they walked through the door, you made everybody feel welcome. You were you showed up every day to serve people. So, like, retail really uh, taught me a lot. Uh, also, property management, although I hated it. I hated every single day of it. Swear I did. But <laughs> it taught me so much. It taught me how to run a business that made, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month it taught me how to uh how to manage finances it taught me how to deal with people under stressful uh situations Mm -hmm. it taught me so much that i apply to my life today so so like jobs uh, the bad thing about a job a lot of times is when you make a life out of it you know when but i think i think it can teach you so much i was one of these people who i hate the thought of working for somebody i just hate it you know like i that's the only thing in life i hate <laughs> like i don't i'm not a i'm not a hateful person but working for someone i just i'd rather i'd rather go take off my shoe and kick an oak tree than right. every day every day than to do that but it taught me something it taught me something valuable but when I when I defined what my version of success would look like when I got everybody else's opinion out the way and I started saying, you know, if I could define success on my own terms, 
here's what it would look like. I would wake up every day when I wanted to. I would do this. I would do this. I would work at home. I would. That's when it started to become real to me. Why do you think nobody talks about defining your version of success in mainstream everything? Because that doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if, if too many people get on that path, because the, I, I would say out of the 327 million people just in America, I would say probably there might be a million of those people, maybe, and I'm probably really overshooting that, that actually believe you can have whatever it is that you want. Yeah. You know, so let's go back to the dreams for a second. If you, if your dreams, have, if you've been told by your teachers yeah. and even by, and they even get your parents on board, Hey, your kids only making this, these in grades. This is where we should steer them Yeah. when they get out of school. You know what I mean? Hey, college isn't going to be a good thing for you. You should go into a vocation. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're telling you. And so they take their, they take the dreams away from the kids. Yep. And so think about this. If, if, if you're leaving Georgia and you're going to drive to Montana, and you don't put an address in your GPS, how are you going to get there? Exactly. Same thing with, the, with, with the, the, the athlete. Their goal was always to get on the podium. They had a dream. They had a vision. Remember the images in your head? It yep. all ties together. If you don't have an image in your head, if you don't have a dream, and if you don't write it down, it's not real. There, there is scientific proof when you write down your goals and people freak out when you say goals. That is such a trigger word for people. Yeah, it is. Okay? It, it is a real, it's a trigger. It's like, it okay, was so for me as a kid, boy. I was like, a goal? Heck I no. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what a goal was until I started <laughs> doing personal development. The you know what I mean? It's like, what the hell is a goal? Like, you know, I just kind of like flew by the seat of my pants and I look where that got me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like... I've got two whiteboards sitting back here behind me and um, I've got an e-commerce business and, and like I got started in that like 10 days before the, the country shut down and it's a, it's a network marketing company, but I it, like, I've been hitting ranks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've made more money in these last five months and I've ranked up every single month. That's awesome. My, I lost my baby brother the middle of May and if I had had a job, I would have had three days of bereavement. How do you grieve and spend time with your family? And we had to take him off life support. And I had to go from San Diego to Birmingham. Do, how do you do that in three days? You, you can't. can't. And, and, you can't. and mentally and emotionally function, you can't. Exactly. But most people, those three days, great. But if they take more than that off, if they don't have vacation time, guess what? You're going without pay. Now you're stressed about bills. Now, how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to eat? How are you going to take care of your family? You know, the gift to me was I got an e-commerce business. I took it with me. Yeah. I, didn't have to, I, had, I didn't have to ask not a damn person if I could take off. I you didn't know, have to ask anybody when I was coming back. You know, here, here's where I get all conspiracy on you right quick. Like, I read a book a few years ago. It was about the world that was supposed to be emerging. And there was a theory in this book. I can't remember what it was, but it, I can't remember what the book was. But there was a theory that because Americans have worked their lives away in many cases, there were going to be a point in time where more Americans had more freedom 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they wasn't going to have to worry about money. They wasn't going to have to worry about working every single day, night to day. And the, you know, I'm wondering like, is this COVID thing, I'm not, I'm not denying that it's real. Like you said, I know people who know people who have gotten sick and even passed away. Um, But was this engineered to bring in this new world where like all these businesses are closing. Some of them are never coming back. Right. And as we transition to home, more and more people, I believe, are going to start looking online for opportunities. They're really not going to have a choice. They're not going to have a choice. They're they're not going to have a choice. So again, back to the belief structure. I gotta yeah. have a, I've gotta have a business to go do. I gotta have a job. I gotta have yeah. somebody to tell me what to do. The the blessing and the curse, uh, like the the blessing of owning your own business, being an entrepreneur, is you're your own boss. Yep. The curse of being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, is you're your own boss. Yep. If you if you need somebody to tell you what to do in order to have a schedule and to figure out all this stuff. An entrepreneur is probably not a good thing for you in the beginning. You're going right. to struggle. You're going to have a hard time because your belief structure is, is you need to, you need somebody to tell you what to do. That's right. You don't need somebody to tell you what to do. That's just your habit. You don't you know, need somebody to tell you what to do. You want somebody to tell you what to do. Change your you words. Go. There you go. You want somebody to tell you what to do. I try, I, t- I, I got, I give my boys, my two boys, I give them two lessons. You know, you got to know what needs to be done and you got to know that you need to do it. Like look around, see what needs to be done and do it without anybody asking you to do it. Yeah. Do it. That's how you start to become a master. Oh, yeah. People, people who are not masters, they need a master to come in and tell them, Hey, go do this, go do that, go do this masters look around and say oh that needs to be done although i don't really want to do it or although that's not my my job title it needs to be done so i'm gonna go over there and do it because i want to master myself right yeah you 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 have to like you you gotta have like even with my online course i'm I'm very systematic in exactly how everything's laid out it's Mm. it's it's 12 modules and and the very first module is called own your shit like I'm all up in your grill. We do. <laughs> like, and I tell you, like, just like I told you this long ago, like, I love you. Like, this is going to be real hard to hear. And this is going to make you uncomfortable, but we're going to do this anyway. Okay. Yeah. You're going to feel better afterwards. And so like the first mirror exercise is I, I have this little thing that they say, you're talking about, like, I'm responsible for me, you know, and, and you go through the whole thing and you, and you go through it and you're looking in the mirror and like, there's real tears. Mm. at the end of that because it's like you know but you're taking your power back when you do that when when you are consistently and continuously letting somebody else tell you what to do you're continuously allowing somebody else to control your emotions Mm. you're giving away your power absolutely why why like why why does somebody get to make you angry that makes sense why does somebody get to make you angry? And then like, I, and after that, I have this exercise, which is actually like really phenomenal. I, I took it from another exercise and I kind of made it my own. I use a whiteboard for it. It's called the I blame you exercise. Um, and, and it's very important that no matter what you went through in your life, you stop blaming. 
Yeah. If you had a jacked up relationship, I'm sorry. I went through lots of them with all the childhood sexual abuse that I went through. So like, I'm a paint a picture for you. My own mother sexually abused me. My wow. biological father sexually abused me. It started at age two and a half, three years old and went on until I was seven. Okay. Mm. Then my stepdad raped me when I was 13. In between the seven and the 13, my mom was uh, hustling. She was selling her body for money to feed her kids because she had four, three of us at the time. She would let the men come in and do whatever they wanted to to me. Mm. So basically my mom was trafficking me. Okay. Wow. So my whole belief structure all the way up until I was in my forties, subconsciously, I believed sex was love. Mm. Okay. Sex is love. So imagine how many jacked up relationships I had. If you had sex with me, that meant you loved me and we were instantly in a relationship. That's right. Okay. So if I have that belief, and I remember the day that I realized I had that subconscious belief, it was October 15th of 2013. Mm. And I was like, oh shit, dude. No wonder my life has been such a roller coaster. No wonder all of these relate. Like I was the crazy psycho girl that you dated. We had sex. I like I'm stalking your house. I'm trying to get into your phone. <laughs> who like who are like who are you talking to? Like yeah. I I cornered a dude in the club with three other girls that he was seeing. We all was fixing to whoop his ass in the club. <laughs> like the owner of the club knew he's like, Tammy, what are you doing? And I was like, he got to go. He was Dang. like, Yeah, I see. And he put him out. And then I got shots at the bar. So it was great. <laughs> but like you, you, your belief structures are everything. And so you got to realize that beliefs are just thoughts you keep thinking. Mm -hmm. Your beliefs are thoughts you keep thinking. Your beliefs are thoughts and beliefs that other people have given to you. Yep. Up until the age of about seven, everything that all your beliefs are given to you. Yep. You're never told that you can challenge those beliefs. Same thing with religion. You're told this is the way it is. This is what you have to believe because this is what we believe and you don't deviate from this. You're not told or given the option that you can believe something different. Wow. That's day, very true. The day that you realize, hey, this doesn't, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't sound right. Yeah. yeah. To me, this, this doesn't make sense. There's too many contradictions in this. I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm looking at A, B, and C, and it does not add, add up to D. That's right. One plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals three. You know, the relationship that a person has with God is personal. It is. And anybody that's trying to sell you how that relationship should be, you got to watch out for that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, that's what that's what it that, that's what that institution often does. A lot of times it tries to tell everybody what their relationship about uh, with God should look like. Society tries to tell you what your relationship with life should look like. Right. And it's just people trying to control people. Right. Like what, what, what do you see a lot of victim mentality in the world right now today? Oh. <laughs> lots lots of lot, right? like because they want to blame so um let's go and, and, and i'm just going to use all the racial tension with with george floyd yeah. okay 
and and the the black that's not people. real racial tension by the way no it's not it's it they're there and i'm not saying that the that the justice system is not broken because it is that's it's 100 right. broken okay i'm not saying that him dying was not a tragedy or that it should have happened. It should not have happened. And it was wrong on all stretches of the imagination. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is how many, how many people are using something from 400 years ago that they never participated in to say, I've been oppressed my whole life. Exactly. You're oppressed because you choose to be oppressed. You're oppressed because people keep telling you that you're oppressed. You're oppressed because that's what it gives you the opportunity to blame other people for you not being successful in your life. Yeah. That's a hard thing to hear. You it's a I mean? hard thing to hear. It's Trust. a hard thing to hear. And, and like I, my, my son-in-law is black. I've got my granddaughter is black. The guys that I date are black. Like I'm deep into the black community and I like, they, but they know when I say that I'm coming from a place of love and I'm like, if you choose, to, this is good. This is going to like, okay, grab a seat, y'all. I want you to lean in. <laughs> <laughs> lean in. <laughs> Nobody gives you an offense. That's right. You can only take an offense. Yep. If you're taking an offense, that's a choice. Nobody Absolutely. can give you an offense. If you are an offend, if you are offended by anything, whether it's something somebody did or something somebody said, you are choosing to be offended. Absolutely. That insecurity is already inside of you. That person is just a permission slip for it to be activated inside of you, but it's already there. Right. And so the, the blaming is the victim mentality. So exactly. if you want to blame other people for where you are, then you're mad because they have something that it is that you want. Well, when I say victim mentality, uh, I usually get a lot of uh, people that look like me think I'm directly talking to them a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, victim mentality can be worn by anybody that's blaming the external world for their current circumstances. Absolutely. I was the queen. Me too. Like, I was the queen of the victim the, I wasn't mentality. the queen of it, but I was the king. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> Like, I mean, that, that's why the title of my book is called Dear Victim. It's yes. time for us to break up now. So Dear. let's talk about this book. I'm looking at it right here. Five star rating. Yes. yes so obviously you. you got some really good information in there that can help people. Yes. Dear Victim. That's a powerful title to a book. What made you write it? Um, I, as I was teaching myself to be a better me coming out of my depression, I would say I finally was completely free from Mm. any depressive thoughts and my victim mentality um, into 2014, beginning of 2015 is when I can say I was finally 100% free from ever being um, trapped by the darkness. Mm. And um, my very best friend, one of my very best friends, her name's Teresa. Uh, we met in the strip club. We were both dancers. And that's a very dark world to meet somebody. You know what I mean? Yes. And when, uh, when you meet somebody in that world, dude, that is a very non-trusting world. You're in there for one reason and one reason only. That mm. is to hustle. That's right. To get money. And that's it. You're there to get money. Like I kept my head down and... I worked 
That was it. Like I was in there to snag money and get the hell out. That was it. I, I, and she was the first person, first girl in this particular club that I was in in Huntsville to be nice to me. Mm. And, and if you hear us talk about this time, like we didn't know each other's government name for three years. Wow. But we were the best of friends. Like her, her dude was beating the hell out of her regularly. He was abusive towards her for 14 years. Is it because he did he, it doesn't even matter why he did it, but what was he, was he insecure about her line of profession? No, like he tricked her out. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he was, that was just who he was. He was just like, from what I understand, um, his dad was abusive too. Mm. Um, it's, it's a cycle, you know what I mean? You either choose to, to repeat that pattern or you choose to say, I'm not ever going to let this be my life. That's right. You know what I mean? You, again, it's all about choices. You know, just because you grew up in an abusive house doesn't mean that your house has to be abusive. Exactly. Just because you were sexually abused doesn't mean that you're going to sexually abuse. My just house because, was very abusive and we don't have, we have a peaceful home. That's right. why I'll be telling people about that victim mentality. Like I could have easily been like, well, my dad was abusive. That's why I'm abusive. Right. I would yeah. never lay my hands on my wife. Yeah. No, it's um, my, uh, I, I coached her. Like he, he came in the club one night and I didn't, I, like I had met him one other time, but like I knew he was her dude. And so she, she was my friend, even in the club. She was the only girl in there that was my, my friend. Yeah. I didn't know her. I didn't know her government name, but she was my friend. She had my back. There were a couple of times where I want to take a bottle up against the girl's head because she was trying to get my money. Um, cause I was hustling on the pool table. I was into a dude for $1,500 already. And like, she coming over there trying to snag my money. I, oh no, you're going to die today. <laughs> like, that's, that's how that's, that's real talk in the club. Like you don't, we don't play about our money. Yeah. And so, you know, she come and, you know, grab the bottle out of my hand. She's like, oh, we don't do that out here. We'll get her in the bathroom. And at that moment in time, it's like, we like this. So um, he came in the club one night and he was trying to talk to me and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm her, her dance name was Raven. He was like, yeah, I'm Raven. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't recognize you. I said, she'll be out in a minute. Have a good night. He was like, she don't run this. I do. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're her dude. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to holler wow. at you. And so I walked off. She come back to the club the next day and she was like, was you talking to, to talking to Quan? And I was like, I didn't recognize him. I was like, he told me he was your dude. So I walked off. He was like, he told me that you tried to come on to him. I was like, why am I going to come on to him? He's your dude. Like, I don't like, you're my friend. That's not, that's not my game. Like these, yeah. other, these other tricks in here, they might, they would do that. Cause they trying to, they trying to get that money. That's right. Like, my friendship with you is way more important than anything he could give me. Exactly. And, and I like, I'm loyal as a, as an old dog, man. You know what I mean? I'm loyal to a fault sometimes, but that's when she realized that there was something here. And, and there's a, there's a part in my book where I talk about this, this moment mm. of, of, of fruition of our friendship. And it's like, you know, I see the light off in the distance. I'm trying to get out of this darkness and I don't want to make no friends. Like the other girls in the club were mad because I wouldn't remember their name. I don't, I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. 
I'm trying to get the hell out of here. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. And, and I'm, I'm walking. I see myself walking towards the light and it's like, she grabs a hold of my soul and says, you're not leaving without me. Mm. And I knew I had to take her with me at that moment in time. And so over the next couple of years, I, you know, I never told her she was wrong for dating him. I told her she deserved better and that it wasn't right that he did that. And that, you know, that's not love, you know, somebody that loves you with their fist, that's not love. That's control. That's not love at all. It's it's mental, physical, verbal, like it's emotional abuse is, is sometimes way worse than the physical because the physical, the you know, the, the bruises heal, but the emotional and the mental, uh, you know, the, the thoughts that run in your head, 95% of them are repetitive. Yeah, you know what I mean. You've got to stop that that runaway train, and once it gets momentum, the only way to make it stop is to go to sleep. That's right. Or meditate, and most people don't can't meditate because they can't get this to be quiet. So you got to go right. to sleep. And so I I coached her out of that fourteen year relationship and into a healthy relationship where somebody loved her like the queen that she was, showed her that she was worthy, showed her that she was good enough, and like. I flew out to California to meet him because she didn't trust herself in believing that he was a good guy. And she didn't trust, like I was the friend that she trusted to tell her that it was good or it was bad or, you know, because she knew that I would be able to feel and read his energy and know what was real and what wasn't because she just, she wasn't in that place yet. Um, And so it was that when I did that for her, she was like, you know, Tammy, you, you really need to write your story out and you really need to become a life coach because people, the world needs you. And so that's, that's what, what made me do it. I love that. I love the, the picture as well. You know, it's kind of like that picture is dope. Like it's kind of like you're, you're overlooking your past. Like, yes. Yes. So that, 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 that cover was very intentional. So that picture was um, three treks up that damn mountain before I finally got th- for before I finally hit the peak. It's at Cucamonga Peak in uh, up in um, Mount Baldy, California, mm. and it was uh, thirteen and a half miles round trip wow. from the mouth head to the peak. Uh, no, seventeen and a half miles, thirteen and a half hours round trip. Wow! Yeah and you're um, on the cliff too it's giving me chill uh, bumps looking at oh, it oh yeah 13 and a half mile an hour winds standing on that dude oh my taking that God. picture yeah that it's like insane. it was like my stomach was turning flips i was just like and once i got up there and i just stood there and my hands were in my because i had one where my arms were up like this and when i yeah. looked at the picture and i was like yeah that like i feel that but like that's not what this picture that it doesn't represent the title of my book yeah um, and so I'm, I'm looking out over that and, and I just close my eyes and tears start falling. And I was like, mom, we did it. We're free. You know what I mean? Like with, with all the childhood sexual abuse that I had with my mom and the, and even the physical abuse, like there was a lot of physical abuse after the, the sexual abuse stopped. Um, like she, uh, I was in the shower one night, my brother was cleaning the kitchen and she was working. She came home early. She normally didn't get home till 11, 30, 12 o'clock. She come and drug me out of the shower by the hair of my head, butt booty naked and because the house was not the way she wanted it to. Mm. Like I said, she was drunk and high and she started breaking dishes on my body. Wow. Because the kitchen wasn't clean the way that she wanted it to be. 
And I was like, I'm crying. My brother's like, mom, stop, mom, stop. He's younger than me. I'm 14, 13, 14. Um, and she, I said, can I go get my clothes on? She was like, no, you leave this kitchen before it's clean. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you some more. And so Billy just grabbed, my brother just grabbed the, the broom, cleaned up all the glass so I wouldn't get cut up any more than what I was. We cleaned up the kitchen and we went and locked ourselves in the room for the night. Mm. And so like, that was, that was our life growing up. And both of us, we knew at a very young age, like we're, this isn't going to be our life. No. Our kids are not going to experience any of this. We're not wow. there like, and we, we both succeeded in that, you know? Mm. Um, and people were like, Oh, how were you able to forgive your mom? Like when I tell them I forgive my mom and we had a relationship, they're just like blown away. Like they, they, it's, it's a thing that they can't fathom, but forgiveness That's ain't right. for her. It's for you. Is, it's for me. Exactly. I'm, I'm the one hurting. Yes. I'm the one hurting. She like, and she had her own demons. You know what I mean? She like, if, if I, people inside the jar can't read the label. Okay. That's right. So when I'm in my hurt and in my pain, I'm inside that jar. I, I can't see it from any other angle whatsoever. And so when I finally did enough healing and I could step outside and I was like, okay, my biological father was very abusive towards her. He beat her so bad. She almost died. She was in the hospital for three months on life support. Mm. he's the one that got her addicted to drugs and alcohol and all of that. So if I'm looking at hurt people, hurt people. Okay. All she knew was if I don't do what he tells me, we're all, he, he, he threatened her and said, if you don't do this, we're all y'all going to die today. In her mind, I was so young she prayed that I would never remember any of the things that happened to me. Wow. And so if I look at it from that context, she was being the best mom that she could be in that moment of, I have to save us today. Yeah. One day I pray that I'm strong enough to get us out of this situation. But right now I need us to live. Mm. And so if I can, if I can take myself to that place and I can look at it from that perspective and that point of view, how can I not give her grace and say, mom, I love you. You saved me. Yeah, absolutely. That's power. This book looks like it's great. I'm going to go ahead and grab me a copy of it too, right when we get done. Cause I definitely want to read it. And also I'm going to provide a link in the show notes of this episode so that people can go over to Amazon, pick up a copy. You got it in Kindle. You also have it in paperback. Are you going to do an audio book as well? Yeah. You know what? I've got some people that are on me about the audio book. I definitely got to do the audio book. They said, you know, they was like, and don't you let anybody else read it either. You got to do yeah, it. Yeah. You got to read it. Yeah. yeah. I got to read it. Cause like even when I go back and read it now, I still get emotional in, in the places that the emotion's going to be there, you know? Um, uh, in my podcast, I read like, I think three or four chapters the, the week leading up to my launch. Cause I hit bestseller on launch day. I hit number one, new release in this category, number three overall. And uh, I held that position for three days. So it was, it was really phenomenal to be that able is to, awesome. to do that. Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Well, thank, I want to say thank you for coming by sharing your story of, of bravery, uh, overcoming your experience with, you know, feeling like a victim and 
just being authentic and just putting your information out there to the world. So uh, do, do you have a website that we can tell people to go to? It is under construction, but okay. it's, <laughs> it's the lifeawakeningcoach.com. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I have a company for that. So if you ever need, <laughs> if you ever need some good web development, I got you. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, I swapped over from GoDaddy to Bluehost and okay, there, gotcha. and theirs is um, WordPress and I'm yeah. not as familiar with WordPress. And so I'm struggling with the, trying to get it all together. I gotcha. Um, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So if I, it, and it is, I know it's just sit down and do it. If I would sit down and do it, I <laughs> with the move across the country coming and I got yeah. 15 days to get, to get everything together. Like that's not on the top of my priority list, but if you go Google search me, you can find me on Facebook. My, yep. uh, you can find me on Instagram. Most importantly, yeah. Amazon too. Where, uh, Amazon. Where's your, um, what about your podcast? Oh, yeah. My podcast is called Life Awakening. Let's talk okay. about it. Um, okay. I've got uh, over 10,000 downloads in just over a year. So that was like super phenomenal. I'm super stoked to have that. I've taken the last six months off, six, seven months off, just trying to, because life, you know what I mean? And it's, That's uh, right. I'm definitely feeling that that pull uh, to 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 get back on there and, and start you know, sharing my message again and, and just ramping it back up. And I think the, the trek across, cause I'm taking a whole month of September to travel across the country. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 it is really a keep, phenomenal. Keep us updated along the way. Send some cool snapshots of the road. And are you, are you going through like the Grand Canyon? Yes, I'm going through the Grand Canyon. You gotta, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I haven't either. Like, I want to go oh, walk man. around that glass thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I got some pretty pretty big girl balls after being on that mountain like that. And, and I did that <laughs> hike by myself. Dude, people were freaking out. Uh, and man. I've never been there. But yeah, yeah. I, walking out on that glass thing, that's that's going to that's gonna be a testament to see, see how pretty, <laughs> you know, I've skydived. I like, I feel, I, I feel like I'm a, a pretty good adrenaline junkie, but we're going to find out. <laughs> well, keep us updated. Thank you I so much well. for coming by. Thank you so much for having me, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope your listeners enjoyed it. And uh, I look forward to us hooking up again. And, you know, when I get my podcast back up, let's, uh, let's, let's, have you on mine let's let's do this again let's do it let's make it happen i'm gonna I'm invite you on mine again too as well oh so absolutely i would you. love that we gotta do a part two yes we definitely gotta do a part two because i think we just t we we just touched the tip of the iceberg tip of the iceberg <laughs> yeah hour goes by fast you know it's just you, you get to talking and you're enjoying the conversation so mm -hmm. i definitely gotta invite you back for a part two and uh, we'll dive deeper into, into this thing. Overcoming the victim mentality with Dear Victim. Yeah, yeah. Thank a, you. Thank so you. everybody out there, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Self Mastery Radio featuring the one and only Tammy Loftus. If you want to pick up her book, Dear Victim, the link is right below this episode. It'll take you over to Amazon so you can pick it up. And be sure to check out her podcast, which is Life Awakening. Let's talk about it wherever podcasts can be heard. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tammy. I'm going to send you this episode as well. Oh, awesome. I'll promote it on all of my stuff, man. We, we Teamwork. Let's do it. Let's talk do to it. you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.